He played all the scenarios in Blood Reef Tarawa before breakfast to prove it could be done. During his movement phase, he sulks with such exactness and beauty that grown men have wept. He is the most interesting ASL player in the world. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I listen to the two half-squads. Roll low, my friend. everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads, the only cast on the web or the net that's dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world, and we like to call it Advanced Squad Leader. And I'm Jeff, and I'm here alone in the broadcast foxhole tonight. Nobody else could make it, so it'll just be me talking. This is going to be horrible. No, I'm kidding. Dave's here. <laughs> I'm Say here. Hi, Dave. I'm here, everybody. Yeah, and I'm Bob. Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy yeah. Kimmel, welcome. <laughs> yeah, so. Our guest nice celebrity to have this Jimmy week. back this yeah. week. Hi, Jimmy. Wow. Jimmy Bob. Glad you could join us. Billy Bob. Mm-hmm. Jimmy I was going to say Ed McMahon. I kind of feel like Ed McMahon. You know, <laughs> that's what I initially told Jeff after the first like five shows. Mm. I wrote him an email and said, I, 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 I kind of like playing Ed McMahon to your humor. <laughs> and he came back with, like, well, well, I'm sorry. I, I hope you don't feel bad about anything. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> you are correct, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that time I really hadn't realized uh, Jeff's wit. And it was all coming out on the air, and I just couldn't help but I'm laughing, and I can't match his wit. So it was like, no, it's cool. I like it. You know, I just didn't anticipate that would be the direction of the show. I thought it would all be really boring stuff about asl yeah we really didn't know that is kind of funny because no, we, we, we sat down in front of the microphones and and we just thought what are we doing what are we doing huh? i have to say what david regard to jeff's wit you're half right my, my half yeah, wit. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, you are correct I, sir. <laughs> I did not know that <laughs> well and we just kind of realized uh i was talking about wow and play, you know, writing down all the scenarios I played and how crazy that is. And Bob said, "I wish I had done that." I do. And uh, I said, "Yeah, it's great to flip through, you know, twenty yeah. years of of gaming." And then Jeff made an observation about my twenty years, which is almost thirty years. Because I can't, I can't believe it. Thirty's the new twenty. As you get older, shocking. It is amazing. Yeah, Bob, you could always start. You know, it's it's never too late because you'll be playing squad leader for another, you know, oh, forty Bob started or fifty years. Eating, when did you start? You could start now. No, no, I didn't start ASL. Oh, I started Squad Leader in like 1980 when I was like seven years old. We'll count so, that. You're over yeah, the 30 year count. mark. So I should have yeah. started when I was seven years old. Brother beat me again. I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're tired. Threw his model airplane out the window. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's what all your entries would yeah. look like. If yeah. you didn't. So I guess if I would have started about 30 years ago, I would have those entries. I, correct. You, know? you yeah. would, because yeah. that counts. Yeah. A, squad leader counts as ASL. <laughs> does it? it? Does. Oh, yeah, it totally does. It absolutely yeah. does. Grandfather did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's good. So Unless you're John Hill, league. and then it's the only thing that counts. Well, correct. Yeah. yeah. That's right. John does not play ASL. Though. No, he, he doesn't He, he doesn't really well. condone ASL. He hasn't condoned it. He doesn't. If you go back and listen to his interview... Yeah. And some of his points are valid. Yeah. A la right. 
mm-hmm. a la Starkin. Does he play yes. Starkin? No, but remember he was saying, you know, do you really need all these rules? Do you really need... It's the flavor of the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you go back to Starkin because he's kind of right. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But then you can pull people up to full. And <laughs> right. It's okay then. Yeah. Okay. Because it's, right. yeah. <laughs> it's okay, baby. You can do it. Because it's so much fun. It is. It's yeah. just so much yeah. fun. So. And you don't want to use gliders? Don't. Yeah. Right? Just, yeah. Just don't make up your own rules. And so. So here we go. How about some letters? All right. I was worried there. I thought maybe the orchestra hadn't shown up yet. Well, you know, on strike, I think. It's replacement orchestra members. Yeah. yeah. Got to go with what you got. Yeah. I think they're actually called musicians, probably, but <laughs> I said orchestra members. So. These <laughs> are all. They worked for us. We know. Okay. Gee, these are hockey players that uh, haven't have been out of work. Yeah. And they've taken up instruments during the strike. Yeah. What's over now, thankfully? Yes. yes. Get some Blackhawks going. At least for a while. You know, and the blues. Say blues but. Oh, that's right. I was going to say, what, you listen to the blues while you watch hockey? Yeah. So anyway, our first letter here is from Andy from Katmandu. And Andy says, U9, a belated Christmas from a GI's dozen, is a good starting glider scenario because they're just cargo gliders and you can play with part of the rules without worrying about the guys inside. That's a really nice tip. I oh, think. very good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indeed. Thank you, Andy. And Jeff? I have a a letter that was, uh, a message that was posted on the website from Anonymous, uh, who posted on the episode 82, Our Happy Landings, which was about gliders. But it's all in French, and so I'm not really sure what it (laughs) says. That's the, um, he's talking about the websites, uh, YouTube videos and things for Pegasus Bridge. Oh, yes. The Pegasus Bridge. Yeah, so oui, oui. we'll we'll post those links on the show. Right. I watched okay. one of them, and they are in French, mm-hmm. so I didn't understand it, but it was cool to watch. Yeah, the museum at Pegasus Bridge that exists today mm-hmm. that we're all going to go see in a few years, aren't we, guys? Yes, we are. That's we're part of our up. European battle tour. Yeah. We're going to take the train. Come on, we're going to play ASL all the way. You'll, you'll drown. Are we going to put the Arnhem tournament? Uh, on the list? It, uh, we should do it with the Arnhem tournament. Is there an Arnhem tournament? Yeah. Oh, yeah. One of my old friends ran it Ran it in uh, Arnhem. It still goes on every year. I think it's in oh. September. Or, September or October. It's not the Alpen, Alpenfestung, no? which we're going to mention in a minute because we have a mail from him also. Yeah. Pablo Garcia wrote and said, Hi, guys. I'm writing to you to give you a heads up that Rich Spilkey's tables cannot be downloaded from your site. Must be a sign that the end is near. Keep up the good work. Please try to make the episodes with the two of you. It's way more fun than only one. I'm tired of hearing that comment. And I sadly, folks, I have recorded at home. Because I, I, because I, 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 I don't listen to just you. you, I have to tell you. You turned the show off? Yeah, I refuse to. It's no good. You have to have both of you together. There, there's well, no other way but, to do it. But but if 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 Jeff's busy, your choice is n- a show with just Dave. Dave what's, or what's no the show. Name, what's the name of the show? The two half squads. Okay, it's, there's the two 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 half. Squads. But now we have three. Well, that's okay. It's it's greater than the two, two or more <laughs> half squads. 
<laughs> All right. Well, if if the listeners and Jeff, you know, it's would like it'd be me. like watching Full House with only one person in the house. <laughs> would you Would you watch would you Abbott watch? and Costello with just Abbott? Well, if the choice was no, it well, no, I guess not. <laughs> but and and would it be funny if there was the Marks only child instead of the, the Marks, Marks brothers? Brother? Oh, he couldn't be a brother. He, yeah, he'd just be the Marks, Marks, only, Marks child. only child. And just Harpo. Oh, well, then what's the so, point of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, he says, I've ended, up, I've ended up finding a goofy similarity between your podcast and an NPR podcast that's a favorite of mine. It's All Politics with oh. Ron... Elving and Ken Rubin. I'll have to make a note of that and listen to that You could make one. a contest to see if Ron is Dave and Ken is Jeff or the other way around. It's all I do have my guess. Anyway, all the best. Cheers, Pablo. It's all politics? It's all politics. I do listen to several uh, NPR podcasts. Just started listening to them. Well, thanks, Pablo. I, I agree with you 100%, though, <laughs> in which we shouldn't lose sight, lose sight of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Pablo's point. Thank you, Pablo. And I did fix the Rich Spilkey. In fact, Rich has... Maybe six new tables to add to his um, collection of useful tables, and I've just posted that on our website. So if you go to our website onto the page sometimes called Quick Access, on the Quick Access page you'll see right there a download for Rich's tables. So take a look at those. We're going to have Rich on this show very shortly to go over his editions. All right, and I have an announcement from Mark Bloom for the Alpenfestung followers. The mini ASL tournament's coming up in March or April. Plenty of time there. A date will be arranged with the interested players. Mark gets three or four, maybe six people to come to that tournament in Switzerland. I'd love to go. So you guys want to go? We yeah. combine it with our uh, tour of the Pegasus Bridge Museum. Yeah. Well, I figured we could stash a little money in Switzerland and oh, make it a, yeah, like, a dual-purpose trip. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering what to do with all my excess funds. Right. Oh, you, have, yeah, you haven't been thinking that, John? Not long ago, they changed the minimum. Uh, Swiss banks changed the minimum that you need to have to open an account. It used to be, I don't know, very, 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 very small. Mm-hmm. But now it's significant uh, to keep people from stashing money there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's $100,000. I can't remember. I read the article recently, but... It's it's more interesting not knowing the exact amount, don't you think? It is true. Yeah. yeah. And this just in from James McKenzie commenting on our show and tell with the two half squads. Oh. He says, I assume the vehicle notes were for the miniatures. How else could they show all the stats? That's why they don't work. Counters, and we talked about deluxe miniatures. Yes, we did. Um, counters have all the advantages in space, info, and inconvenience. Uh, his his anti-miniatures... I'm I'm with you 100. percent Well, you are. Yeah, I'm an anti-miniatures ass. And I, yeah. you know, have all my ass miniatures. You do. I know. Actually, I sold a lot of that off. I'm down to just some of the. I think it looks really cool. It does, and we keep the AFVR vehicle cards on the side to use. But you're right; it's a duplicate thing. It's an appreciation in its own right, and of course, I still play mostly ASL on the board. Mm-hmm. Works just fine yeah. for me too. Yeah. So. In our usual uh, expert fashion, that's the end of letters. All right. What's next? Well, the wonderful refrains of Hayden, or Haydn. Franz Joseph Haydn. Quartz, Haydn. Drink quartet enough. <laughs>
Yes, and that means it's time for box art review. Wow. And no, it won't be this critical hit issue number two cover because it's a photograph. <laughs> we don't do photographs. <laughs> it's not box art. Instead, we would like to take a look at journal number three, everyone. Oh, sweet. Google it up. Search images. It's the one with the German Fallschirmjägers. Is that how you say it, Bob? Yeah. Fallschirmjägers? By the way, I must say that the fact you get the orchestra down here in the bunker and oh, yeah. that they play like this, yeah. they're, it's amazing. And they're not ever distracted. And no. you guys never even feed them. No, they no. don't feed them no. much. No. They come here because the acoustics are so good. Well done. Well yes. done, people. Very good, guys. Thank you, orchestra. Thank you, orchestra. Oh, they didn't oh, like the spotlight I, being no, on them. Did. Oh, they keep did. playing, keep playing. Ah, there we go. See yes, ya. thank you, orchestra. <laughs> And so, Fallschirmjägers, Bob, what does that mean, Fallschirmjäger? Well, they're the German soldiers with the funny-looking hats. <laughs> Is that what that means? Yeah, funny hats. No, uh, don't make yeah. drinks when I'm drinking. Jokes when I'm drinking. <laughs> funny Isn't hats. that what Fallschirmjäger means? Fallschirm means funny. Jäger means hat. Right. Fallschirmjäger. <laughs> and they do have the funny hats. Why? So they can jump out the little hatches better in the airplanes. Yeah. These are the paratroopers. Oh, look at them. What are those white things behind them, Jeff? Uh, they look like Death Stars of some kind. Or... <laughs> no, look closer. You just did I a show am... on paratroopers and gliders. Oh, yes. Oh, they're parachutes. Of course. We should have done this box art with the paratroopers and gliders episodes. Yeah, we should have. Do you notice a slight triangular composition <laughs> to the figures <laughs> in the work? I do. They all look like pyramids. Notice the taller one in the center, they off center a little heads. bit? Because in art, you don't want to have everything centered. You want to have a little off-centeredness to your work? It makes it more exciting visually. Right. Well, it definitely draws my eye to the bottom of the composition, wouldn't you not say? Correct. And you read left to right and up mm -hmm. and down, and your mm -hmm. eye follows that pattern, and it guides your eye down to the machine gun. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just like he is looking down the machine gun, so is our eyes coming down. Down to, to the machine gun. Yes. Jeff, I never realized Bob was such an art aficionado. And how come? Well, I did take uh, one semester of art history in college, so and I how? think that qualifies me as an expert. I, I, th Which, I would say the way this show is, I would say that's true. Which is really pointing out to me, Jeff, how feeble you are as a co-host of Box Art Review. I've known that for a long time. I've just refused to acknowledge it. I noticed the color palette. Very nice and subtle. A lot of whites. Right. It's very, it's, you know almost monotone which mm -hmm. goes with the bleakness of the landscape exactly correct bob and also take it away bob and also <laughs> the bleakness that is war oh exactly correct the artist is using the symbolism of the color to capture the bleakness of the war what is that orchestra back to the proper song please that's much better that's better and so where well, that other one was bleak where can this landing be taking place historically? I'm, I'm wondering. I, I would think it, ha it would have to be the Scandinavian countries, just because it reminds me of, you know, the great Scandinavian artist who we know from the Scream. Yes. Oh Ed yes. Edward Monk. Exactly. So, just like Monk, you have the the soldier in the middle with his rifle. Getting ready to scream himself. He, he looks like kind of like yeah. the scream guy. And yeah. if you look at the wave in his body, it wiggles and waves, exactly. much like the scream person. Right. Much like a, the impressionist. Right? Yeah, a little snake-like going on there. Yeah. Not wonderful work of art. 
And these do look like kind of the fjords. You think it's Norway or something? I would I would think it's Norway. It, it would Norway would be a good yeah. Were there landings in Norway with paratroopers? Well, sure. Of course. Of course. How dare you? Jeff, stop <laughs> pretending that you know even history, let alone art. I can spell art. And well, Jeff knows because once, since the last show, mm-hmm. Bob, Jeff, and I did our trip to visit the battle sites of Europe. That's right. Yeah, it, was it was fantastic. Excellent. It was excellent. We'd like to talk about it, but it was no, too good. Too good to even speechless. recount here. We're speechless. And just like, of course, you know, we know about the three horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In front, we have the three soldiers, much like the three oh. horsemen of the apocalypse, oh, the, right. right there. Oh, right. Oh, the ones laying down. Yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Abednego. Exactly. The three horsemen. The three of horsemen the, of the apocalypse. I believe that's what they were called. Yes, well. I think that's it. Actually, they do have a very uh, their their facial features are very uh, grim and drawn. Uh, like they've been in war for much too long. Definitely. Haven't seen a good meal in quite a while. And regardless of winning or losing, and they're winning, of course, but it doesn't matter when you're in war. Everyone's a loser. That's true. So you can see that, that you know, that in that composition. You can, yes. They're all losers. They're losers. But they have that grim determination um, that, uh, regardless, that carries they, them through. They yes. have to go on. They do. All right, I think now we'll take a quick look at ASL journal number four. Oh. Number four. Number four. So everyone, turn on your computers to page 106, where you'll find <laughs> the image of the journal four artwork. It's the one with the British in the little vehicle, which I might rely on Bob to try and figure out for me. Is it a carrier? This no. small little vehicle oh, that yeah. we see here. Mm-hmm. Um, this is by um, one of our favorite ASL artists of all time. Ken Smith. We interviewed on the show. I believe it is. Look, can't make out the... Sure, that's Ken's work. Yeah. I can tell here, even though I can't make out the signature. And obviously, Ken's, you know, because it's a British theme, he's trying to, you know, recreate the great British English artists, you know, in their <laughs> landscapes. Yes, those famous mm-hmm. landscape artists of England. Yep. And you, you definitely see that the... You know the carrier is a the, the machinery is a central piece piece of the the composition, much like machinery was a central piece of World War II. Correct, and it does remind me of Bierstadt's work, the way American landscape painters of that era. Mm-hmm. And um, compositionally, I, I I don't see the little triangle unless you want to count the British soldier. Well, there are three the British soldiers. And one is taller, but he's not quite in the middle. But still, this works. Why? Because it echoes the straight lines across the horizon of the grain. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of ASL terrain here. Yeah. Grain. Jeff, what other ASL terrain do you see? Let's see if you can handle this question. Uh, dirt? <laughs> no, dirt? it's not in the rule book. It's mud. Oh. Try again. Uh, pants? No, you don't have to wear pants. There's no rule about having to wear pants in ASL. Trees? Oh, there might be some bocage there or something. Oh, there you go. Bocage looks like a little bit there. Yeah. Okay, going across the countryside. I also really appreciate the political statement Ken Smith makes with this. You see, for example, the officer is leaning casually Casually. in the carrier. (laughs) I know, Bob. That's the first thing I noticed. Did you not notice that while the poor... 
infantry, infantry are outside having yeah. to walk on their feet you know? and, and having to follow his orders. They have to wear helmets because they're fighting while the upper class you know, yes. officer, obviously, Wearing a light lounges. beret. Yes. Ooh, he has a beret. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, the officer and his, uh, obviously, his minion standing yeah. in front there are both looking to the right mm-hmm. while the trooper in the background there is pointing to the left ah, and I think we can all we all, we all know, know what that, what that means, means. Yes. Yep. and I didn't want to quite reveal um, Ken Smith's leftist communist leanings here but we do see a class it warfare pretty, it is pretty obvious it, I think we all agree struggle. on that this works all about all about a class struggle Yes. in yep. the uh, foothills of the mountains in northern France yeah <laughs> So we appreciate. I, I do appreciate his political statement in this uh, in this composition. Yeah, and that would explain his uh, muted uh, palate, right? And, and the sort of uh, vague and foggy. <laughs> oh, sorry, brush, listeners. I, I brushwork in the this work landscape just brings out the joyousness in my soul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what art's supposed to do. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is box art review and loving it. Love it. I didn't think we could ever do a box art review that good. Well, that was quite I enjoyable. That was, yeah. I thought that was astounding. In other words, we nailed it. We nailed it. <laughs> it's beautiful. And well what's done. next, Jeffrey? Well, I think we have to go right on from box art re- review to what's in the box. Yes, the box, box, box. And what's in the box this week? We have we got- um, SoCal, which is, you know, for those that aren't familiar with it, uh, Southern California. ASLers melee pack one or ah. melee. I like to you. say melee. Are you more melee? I'm or a melee? melee guy. Melee. Yeah, okay. I'm melee. melee. You're melee. Yeah. Okay. We'll, I'm we'll melee. Malaysian. You're, you're <laughs> Malaysian. Okay. So we'll go melee pack one, and this is uh, an older product. I mean, this is like a ten-year-old product, guys. Is it really? Like, yeah. Well, time goes by so quickly. It I can't does. <laughs> I, you know what? That's they, they put out a few. More since then, but um, I have played a few of these scenarios. Ah. This is a this has what six uh, scenarios in it. A few of them have seen uh, a bit of a tournament play, in particular the Rats of Homage. What all these scenarios are known known for, and they were a bit ahead of their time in this regard, is that they had OB choices. OB uh, choices. What's right. that mean? So that means each side has choices they can make in choosing uh, what forces they want. You know, for example, they can choose either one medium machine gun or two light machine guns or a panzer shrek. So it gives a little bit of fog of war, a little bit of choice to yeah. each side. Oh. So it's a little bit of variety um, in, in how the scenarios play out. And that's really common now. You know, you see those Festung Budapest scenarios, they're most of them have, you know, choices to make as mm-hmm. far as what part of, you know, if you, you want this group or Yeah, that I like that. Mm-hmm. And so these, uh, these all pretty much feature that, uh, that kind of choice, which is fun. I mean, it's fun, so it, you know, it gives a little extra decision-making. Yeah. Um, 
and it's, perhaps more likely that uh, you'll replay a scenario because right. then you can try a different. You could try a different support weapons. Or for weapons. example, the scenario of the Rats of Hamish is just one I've played in in a tournament and I've seen in multiple tournaments. It, it features an American force attacking a German force. You know, they can the Americans, for example, can choose to either have three Stuart tanks or two regular Sherman tanks or one Stuart and one tank destroyer or, you know, so they get a, a variety of choices hmm. and so do the Germans. They can, they can choose to have, a, you know, a, a, some artillery or they can have AT guns or that kind of thing. So it gives them, uh, you know, it gives a variety of things and your opponent doesn't know what you've chosen. So there's also that fog of war element as well. Oh yeah, so that um, makes sense. Mm-hmm. So this even had this. Even when you played it, you said these are kind of these are old, right? They go back ten years. Yeah. Even at that time, they had the choices. Yeah. And these come from the Southern California mm-hmm. ASL group. Do we right. know those guys? Well, I've looked them up here on the um, Pick Cabbage, the person who won't post any kind of mention of us on his website. Oh really? Mark Although it Cabbage claims to have everything right. in the world on it about <laughs> ASL, except. For the newest and most innovative of the ASL products, I think that's probably because you would overshadow him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you, you can't. This guy's got everything. Listen He's to this, got it Mark. All. You're the best. Listen to this. Producer name: Southern California ASL Club. The Southern Club, known as SoCal ASL, is one of the oldest, largest, and best ASL clubs in the U.S. It formed in '96 by merging two smaller clubs, a San Diego and an LA club. It mentions Kent Smoke, the first president, who passed away. From the ranks of the SoCal ASL Club came third-party publishers such as Heat of Battle, Frontline Productions, and Kinetic Energy. Get out. And I have all the early Kinetic Energy things when I was back buying all that stuff new. I had a lot of Heat of Battle stuff. The Heat of Battle stuff before um, it went to Fund. Bounding. Right. Which is now Bounding Fires picked up a little of it. Right. And with Sam, Frontline Productions, I didn't know that one. As well as many top-ranked players, the creator of Vassal, Rodney Kinney, was a SoCal ASLer as well. Dude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, what a huge area, I mean, population-wise. Yeah. And they but all... we don't hear much about Southern California when we talk about current hey. ASL, do we? Not. That's uh, true. I, it seems like I don't really. We talk no. about the Midwest, or we talk yeah. about the East Coast. We yeah. don't really talk about, you know... West Coast ASL. Yeah. No, and they did have a Hit the Beach newsletter, freely down, downloadable newsletter. So I'm going to have to check that out. Jeff will have to line up some, hey, Southern Cal guys, email us. Send us a voicemail. Hit the record button. Call us on your iPhones, dude. <laughs> we'll be right here waiting for you, man. And uh, we'd love to have some interviews with some of you guys. Be great stuff to add into the official oral history oh, yeah, of that the would, game. It would be wonderful. We now he does complain them. here that uh, a lot of these are unbalanced scenarios, but mm-hmm. it's Mark. That's what Mark says. Yeah, right. Oh, Mark Pitcavich. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, there's probably uh, two sides to that story. W- Winterboards. Now, who sent us this pack? I believe this came from. Our most wow. gracious and marvelous of benefactors. Matthew. Who supports Box Art Review to the unst degree. Yes, he does. And provides these lovely products. Oh, it's nice. So thank you. 
I know they've. Well, you, you're on the website. How many more of these packs is the uh, so? Mark has three of them down there. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think there were three. Yeah. I haven't played a lot. I've played a few of them, and they've been good. Yeah, they have these interesting. Well, these are not mm-hmm. backs. Do you remember how? Yeah. What is that? There's these that? sheets with. They give you the. Uh, they're like. FV cards that you you've got oh, okay. the old school ones. So they give you are the, they just the vehicles the for these scenarios right. exactly. most likely exactly. So you can look at them and say, okay, there's a, you know, uh, Panzer four H, and it gives all the information for that. Oh well, that's kind of handy. Yeah, I've got the Rats of Hamach here, and so it's got the mm-hmm. Panzerkumpfwagen four H. Shows the movement points, the size modifier. The turret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And these have like nice. like a kind of, um, it looks like the official counter art. Remember back in the day people were using that before. Well, I don't think it's official. Well, it's scanned. Look it's closely. It's unofficial. like pixelized. Yeah, it's, it's, but not, it's, it's not the exact counter art. It's um, okay. No, it does look a little different. It looks like they just scanned yeah. it. Right? Would you say they, off. No, you're right. The, the lettering is different too. Yeah, and the here on, the on this, on the... The Marnock Strongpoint, all of the single-man counters have no pants. <laughs> Look, hey, our kind of counters. Yeah, no pants. You're right. Look at that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Starting that, a new tradition. Just feeling free and easy like they do down in Southern and California. And look, that shows winter boards. And I thought I was the first one to come up with winter boards. And this goes back 10 years ago. I don't think I started talking about it until five years ago. Mm-hmm. That is cool. There are no new ideas. And they look like the expanded boards, like... Like you and I have, Dave, right? Correct. The larger hexes? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I don't have those illegal things. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait. Never mind. No. I don't think you do either. I think you've no. just seen them at tournaments. We've heard about them. And, but so, we don't really want those. Scenario Holy Ground, six turns, American German, Monarch Strong Point, American German. So can you still get this pack? German. That's a good question. Don't know. know. You'll have to search them, Jeff, if you want to. Or I can I'll check later that. and link it maybe. We try and link the SoCal group. I'll yeah. make a note of it. That'd be a good idea. Are these all American Germans in Germany? Yeah, these four are. Here we go. You know, the Southern I, I California did play ASL a couple. Club. I've played a couple of Southern California guys at Aslock. So. Oh, the actual people. The actual people. Well, I don't know if they're part of the group, but they're from Southern California. So. Yes, you can get these. They're on the SoCalASL.com, and they list the three melee packs. Or melee packs, or or uh, <laughs> I've, I've melee, <laughs> melee, or melee, or melee, or me- anyway, they're all listed here. So, for instance, melee pack one is thirteen dollars, which seems like a bargain. That ain't, ain't a bad price. Too and bad. This is good heavy. Yeah, they're all stock, thirteen dollars. You know? Yeah, they have counter art on them, so you're and they're in color. I'm and, gonna have to buy of these. Of course, you get the uh, the, the map layout. Which is always nice. Always the nice. Actual, yes. Yeah, the actual taking a map. Quick look at it. By the way, a map, map layout. Map layout on Hello, scenario cards. You know, yeah. everybody's doing it. You guys can can do it. Not hard. Yeah, it isn't going to change the overall look much. I think for their scenario cards. This is actually a very nice website. They have a list of uh, on the right hand side a list of upcoming events: the San Fernando Valley Game Day, the San Diego Monthly Game Day. Etc. Going right down there. Like they have a chat box current? where people can leave little uh, notes. 
guests can come in. There's uh, like a C sharp or there's <laughs> there's Matt Morocco is what listed some things. Yeah, yeah. Matt Morocco, you yeah. rock. Yeah, it's our benefactor. It's your guy. So uh, very nice website. So check it out. All right, contact us SoCal. Let's get some interviews going. Of course, yeah. we'll say that, and it'll be like three years from now. We still yeah. have. They'll call us next week, and we'll say, uh, "Can we, yes, we can talk to you in 2018." <laughs> yeah. Next up, we need to do an interview again. Yeah. From our list of like, I think we're down to three or four people that are lined up, waiting. Yeah, they're waiting yeah. outside too. Well, they I have think to bring. They know I have to now. make meals for them every They've day. They've ceased emailing us asking when. Well, yeah, I mean, you you feed me drinks. Just yes. <laughs> that's why I keep I, I fight through the crowd to get in. Yeah. It takes me ten minutes. There's the doorman. They get the bouncer. If you played the violin, you'd get right through the to the front immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's that's through the, the tradesmen's entrance. Yeah. So. Now we're breaking into our programs for the second time tonight. This time with some splendid news from Moscow. Berlin has fallen. Marshal Stalin has just announced the complete capture of the capital of Germany, the center of German imperialism, and the cradle of German aggression. The Berlin garrison laid down their arms this afternoon. More than 70,000 prisoners have been rounded up so far today. That was an excellent what's in the box. Always, what's in the always box? Always like the goodies. And you know, it's fun. We do stuff from 1991, yeah. 1980, 2003, 2013. Yeah. All, you know? It's all new to me. All new to me. Well, and, yeah, and I think it's important to, to connect with our <clears throat> West Coast brethren. Yes, you know, I we do We don't too, often yeah. do. I mean, yeah. you guys have, you have any problems. No, we have been negligent. We've mentioned them, and Jeff has said we need to interview all these clubs. Mm-hmm. As, as That's part of Seems the Seems to me, did we talk to somebody from the Puget Sound group, or maybe we just had, we didn't talk. Puget Sound? Yeah. Not that I remember. Up in the Washington area. Not. There's a not, Robert not Walkie or, or Sam Belcher. Or huh? Sam Belcher or Robert Walkie? No. Maybe we just exchanged some emails with them. Okay. I don't, yeah. I don't somebody think from so. up there. Or talked at a, at a convention, yeah, tournament, yeah, maybe. But so anyway, next we thought we'd continue a little red barricades preparation. Oh, good, for you. good. Yes. We'll go into a third show. I can tell already, as we'll get into specific red barricades rules next time, maybe, or interview next, and then after that, this will be going for a while. Yeah, but what just, are we going to talk about tonight? Well, sewers and tunnels, which can really be basic ASL rules, but to play Valor of the Guards. Bob? Uh, sewers are not a big part of Valor of the Guards. Okay. They, they're there, but they're not quite what... Uh, they're more difficult to use than they are in, in, in Red Barricades. In Red Barricades? Yeah, right. Okay. So, again, I started the notes with sewers, something you're going to have to master from the basic rules to get into Red Barricades. And they're allowed by SSR only, right? Yeah. Enter and exit through a manhole location... Which is described? How is it visually shown on the board? There's, a, it's either shown with a circle, or I think there is a rule that says um, intersection, road intersection. If yes, I and we had to double check. It's three, oh, three, three road hex sides right. or yeah. four is a manhole location automatically. Automatically, right. and then there's that black circle, which is in buildings and things often in other places mm-hmm. that you can go in and out of those areas to, to get into them. Which I never quite understood. Why not just put the manhole On the road anyway. Yeah. yeah, because these rules were around the beginning. Yeah. All the boards were printed right. with the manholes. Sure. 
Yeah. Anyway. I don't know either. <laughs> Water under the bridge. Well, but, you know. in Deluxe ASL, they're just the black circles. Oh, really? They're not okay. in the roads. Really? Little known fact. But that's not why they didn't print them on the small boards. Yeah. And not the Deluxe. That would be easy to do, right? And rule 8.2, sewer locations are at what level? Minus one. Minus one. And can they be seen by anybody on the board? Nope. No. I wouldn't think so. Except Superman. Superman with his x-ray vision. Yeah. Who can see us. You see, Superman doesn't care if we're wearing our pants or not. (laughs) No, no, he doesn't. Is there a backhoe counter? You have a backhoe vehicle that can (laughs) Can come in and dig it up? No. Not the tank dozers. I don't know if they have yeah, rules to dig out the backup. sewers. Right? Um, so you have to be in the adjacent sewer location or, of course, above in a manhole location. Are you, are you saying you can't shoot down a sewer Correct. Right. corridor or whatever you would call yeah, it? Yeah, I sewer guess pipe. it's representing little ziggy-zaggy sewers. You can only or shoot into adjacent. Adjacent. Okay. Yeah. And so my favorite, of course, was the early partisan scenario, subterranean quarry. Right. Which was using the roads as sewers. But they weren't sewers, though. They were caves, weren't they? No, they weren't caves. They were were tunnels. They were caves. The subterranean quarry? Or they were like tunnels, the cave tunnels. Yeah, But they weren't treated like sewers. Yeah, you're right. They didn't, no, you're right. They didn't Mm -hmm. use sewer rules at all. Because you could get in and then you could move all the way down. Right. Right. But that was cool. I always, boy, I love that one. And now to see them though from this manhole down into the sewer, you can't just search at any time. I don't believe my notes. Uh, you just when the guy moves into the manhole hex, he rolls, and then there's a chance that he'll be discovered. So if you discover it, then you can fire down. You can into shoot it. at him. Yeah. yeah, it's the emergence die roll. Okay. Don't you move from one sewer location directly to another? Yes. Right. Yeah. So if you if you make your task check, right? Don't you have to make a task check every time you move to enter the sewer? Mm-hmm. Oh, the oh, emergence die roll. No, no, just to enter before you emerge. No, well, not Red Barricades played it a little differently. Right. Red Barricades said you can just go in. The the Russians. Now, right. if you're or if if you're allowed to use the sewers. By special rule, then you don't have to take that check. Mm-hmm. Anyone else has to take a four, four task check, task check to right. enter the sewer. Okay. So for the enemy to pursue you... Okay, I didn't know if the uh, the Russians had to... I didn't remember if they had to take just a regular task check or they could automatically... They automatically. They automatically. In Red Barricades, yes. So they enter... They, they start on a sewer location. They can enter it automatically, and then they can go to any sewer the, location within... Three. Three hexes, yeah. right? And so they move directly there, roll on the sewer emergency Emergence chart, and they're either discovered or they're not, right? Right, or they can enter or they can get lost. Or they can and get we'll lost. get into that here. You can never overstack in a sewer. Obviously, it's narrow and tight. Right. And rule 8.3, off fire at the unit is point blank fire, doubled, but it's neg 2 hazardous dial modifier. Right. And no TEM. Okay. Of course, but you can still stack three squads and four in liters sewer. in a sewer hex? Sure. Yeah. Ooh, that's crowded. That seems tight. That seems and tight. And with the neg two, of course, and stacking Well, anyway. if you think of 40-meter sewer tunnel, you could put 30 guys oh, yeah. in there. Oh, okay. yeah. Right. Lengthwise, yeah, not yeah, width-wise. Right. Although they don't have, well, I don't remember. I don't think they have rules. It would be a little crowded. But, yeah, you know. I guess that's right. Okay. You could do it. 
And of course, no vehicles or OBA can fire at these guys in the sewers. Rule 8.4, you have to be good ordered, and it costs all your... Oh, actually, Bob, entering is all your movement factors. Um, so you enter, and then those not given the sewer move... Oh, we did the four task check we talked about. Now, you may not portage more than your IPC in a sewer, so no lugging around big stuff, okay? And you may not move beneath a water obstacle, just some of the fine-tuning rules, through a sewer. So that would block the movement. There are special rules for that in red barricades that I'm not going to do today. And then 8.41, sewer movement must start and end in the sewer three away, as Bob mentioned. And you can move as a you Oh, you must move as a stack. In the sewer. You must, must move, move as a stack. stack. Okay. You can't break? Wait. You can't. You must move as a stack. Oh. Telling you, at least unless right. I read it wrong, <coughs> I'm real sure that's correct. Okay. Can you? But, uh, is it, yeah, uh, yeah. Because I remember subtraining Corey. See, you could move that's individually, that's and that's that's. But I think Bob I right. think what it's saying is that if you, that's interesting. I think if you start in a sewer location, one guy can go make a task check. Oh, right. And then well, move one way. Another guy can make a task check and move another way. But it's all your movement to enter. So in the next turn, you would make the movement for the three. It could be. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm about that. And you and can it, only... Yeah, okay. And it keeps yeah. it simpler, too. You don't want to... To have this other location is not really depicted on the board. It's going to get very confusing to have guys move in different areas and stuff like that. Yeah, but this is right. ASL. They don't care about they confusion. They don't care about confusion. Too complicated. The game is for about us. confusion. Yeah. <laughs> the confused or the better. So you mark it with a sewer movement thing, which actually, Jeff, you had mentioned sewers earlier on the show and talked about the sewer movement marker, it's concealment. And um, it grants the con- total concealment, like normal concealment rules. And then you do the, oh, the die roll is to get lost is a leaderless check, and it's a six or seven, the defender moves the units. Mm-hmm. And then you flip the, that counter over, that sewer counter over to, to lost, lost right. side. Ah, okay. And if you're already lost, there's a plus one to that die roll mm-hmm. to get a six or seven on one die, leaderless, mm-hmm. to continue being lost. So it's harder to get unlost than lost in the first but place. But it's one in six or doesn't, yeah. two in six if you're already lost. Yeah, it doesn't happen a lot unless you're really cursed. <laughs> Which <laughs> can happen to anyone. Which probably happens quite a yeah. <laughs> it probably time. happens a lot. And so sewer units must move each turn, but they can move backward. So you can't just sit in place. You must move each turn. And I didn't like that. I'm like, you know, if I get to that manhole and I want to wait, why can't I just wait? There's a ladder going up. And... Well, who wants to get in a sewer? <laughs> if you're getting in a sewer, you're going somewhere. You're not hanging out I... in the sewer. I mean. <laughs> Speaking, right? Well, right. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Speaking probably. of sewers, that Stalingrad movie Jeff and I were going to watch together oh, three years ago and never got it done. Mm-hmm. Great sewer scenes. There is a great flamethrowers. That's a huge sewer. It's a isn't big it? sewer, yeah. yeah, I don't, yeah. I'm not sure if they were that big. No, they, but it, yeah. but there are some like that. Yeah. What about those French ones with all those skulls? Oh, yeah. Have you heard of those? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Wild. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a wild world, folks. Mm-hmm. And so you must move each turn, but you can go backwards. So I guess I can go back and forth between my two mm-hmm. spaces is what I was thinking. If I want to 
hang out in the sewer. I'm sure the guys over at LFT are thinking, there are no, there are no skulls in our sewers. <laughs> yes, you there is only one oh. roses. <laughs> and Javier Vitri's on our list interview, by the way. <laughs> And um, I would agree. I would think a French sewer would be like wine and roses. Yeah, I would think it'd be beautiful. <laughs> and bizarrely, if you're unable to move, you remember this one, Bob? You're gone? Kaput? Yeah, no. Kaput. Yes, eliminated. But how, when would you be unable to move? I, I didn't think that through yeah, all the way. An advanced phase can only exit in the advanced phase. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you go that three. You, you move. The advance up and up. you kill the guys above. Okay, this, hopefully. That's, that's, this stuff always it brings, you know, I always ask the weird questions. That's so okay, and I don't ever know the answers. Can a building Pablo. above a sewer uh-huh. be rubbled and then you can't get out of the sewer? Correct. Mm-hmm. So that I know because I've been reading There would be one where you can't yeah. go oh, yeah. up, at least. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be eliminated. You could go back where you came from. Dave, how many more rolls do you have here? On the <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm, oh. not, I'm not being negative. Oh, only like three. Only like okay. three. We'll be, okay. Are we going to talk about the practical use of sewer? That's why you're here. Ah, okay. 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 That's why we have Bob. <laughs> As my email told you, bring any wisdom you have of sewers. I, because I don't know sewers very well. I yeah, just know who the does? practical use. Yeah, which yes. Does. Um, and so, yeah, we want to get into strategy and tactics. You may not enter enemy... During the sewer movement phase, oh yeah, you can't move if the enemy's in the sewer. You can't move into there, um, and you may go into close combat immediately up. And there, we're getting into little tactics there already. The concealment dudes are never held in melee. Okay, broken and berserk. Yeah, you're eliminated if you're in a sewer. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, so, if you go berserk, you're just eliminated. Yeah, and, I was wondering about that. Yeah, what, what and would you're happen? broken. You're just gone. Okay. I guess again, I didn't want a lot of complicated rules. That would, yeah. I think the fact Maybe. you're in a sewer, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's not good, you know, so. And um, if you're broken in berserk, you can't enter a sewer. Okay. Units I was in a, that. Units yeah. in a manhole ignore units beneath them for route or for charging, of course. Sure. You know, you yeah. don't see them there below you. Right. And you can't fortify the simple rules you would figure out. 8.5, yeah. no fortifications. Rubble or blaze, Jeff? No manhole. Mm-hmm. Okay. Point. Okay. Uh, Which is a big point in Red Bear Kids. Yeah, because there's a lot of rubble uh, and a lot of 150 millimeter yeah. guns going oh, okay. around. Okay. Right. So that's a great point. Mm-hmm. And uh, DC, you can rubble it. You treat it as a stone building, and uh, no move in that hex, and uh, so on. So that's it. All I have for the, the uh, sewer part, and then we can tunnels is about half that much for yeah. tunnels. Wow. So tactics. Now I know well, red barricades. I want to go through there, right. pop up with my neg one, as we mentioned on the last show. Russian neg two concealed, mm-hmm. right? Well, I mean, we look at ASL rules, and this is what what you just read scares you know a hundred players away from playing ASL. Sure, and like, it's not that big of a. They're like, holy crap! Yeah. That much for something that's that you maybe use once every. Hundred scenarios, or yeah. you know, unless you're playing a campaign, what's the practical, practical application when you play? What? How do you use a sewer? What happens? You simply enter. Okay. Move the three and come out. That's it, right? That is about it. That's it. Because so all that is yeah, basically like rubbling. Forget <laughs> it. You know, when it happens, look it up. Yeah. Right? Um, right. Yeah. 
Right. So you, know, okay. you, you get a scenario that says... Oh, you make your loss check and you make your emergence right. roll. So it's two rolls. You make two yeah. rolls. Yeah. And, and why do you enter a sewer? To move behind the enemy or sneak up on the enemy. Yeah. I'm thinking to get behind them, cut off route paths, right. hit broken dudes. If you got broken dudes across the yeah. street there, three you buildings can, back, yep, man. You can run under and pull up right underneath the broken guys, right? Yeah, pop right in yeah. and melee. Yeah. Now, when you do that, and this is where I have to always check it, um, you close combat them. Yeah, absolutely. And they have to withdraw. Or they No, they don't. Oh, they it's optional withdraw. to withdraw. No, they can't withdraw. You can only withdraw once you're in melee. So you get oh, a free so pop. So you come up in CC. You get a free pop. Hmm. If you somehow roll really high, because that's what yeah. it's going to take not to kill them. Okay, then then you're in melee or melee. <laughs> okay, and then the next turn they have to try and withdraw. And if you don't kill them, then then you got the neg uh, two I mean, for then versus you're really infantry, right? <laughs> you're yeah. really unlucky. You can't kill a broken unit in two close combat rolls. Right. So. And actually, I think I ripped off the guys in our last yeah. bid. I think I let, well, Mark and Tom already did it. Tom mm-hmm. routed out of a hex, broken with in a, with enemy. Mm-hmm. He can't route out of a hex with an enemy. No. Well, no, you it's, can't. You can just route out. If, they, if they're berserk and they charge in. But no, if they're he in moved in north. They were in a melee. Okay. And then yeah, they were shot at. And next turn, he routed out. No. You don't and then I went wait, and you, I think you combat. he gets to attack at least one unit at neg two for withdrawing, right. and we went back and we rolled that quickly, mm-hmm. and we should have had him roll against the whole stack. Yeah. Okay. okay, but but anyway, going back to our point, I mean, yeah. sewer movement's real basic, right? Mm-hmm. In in practice, yeah, it is. I mean, there's nothing complex about it, right? And the other thing we're thinking in the Red Barricades campaign, or not campaign, last bit, last bit. is to simply. I don't want the enemy to hear this. They don't listen. <laughs> they, they don't, don't listen. listen. Timon listens yeah. every show immediately. <laughs> is to no, I'm not going to no, say. No, this it. is good. Come no, on. you need Timon. <laughs> played like you know a hundred scenarios. You played like a thousand. Well, yeah. we want to so get. Never, he has even known a rule. Oh, he, and he knows. He knows. <laughs> we have to come behind them uh-huh. to draw forces back. Absolutely. That's, right? Yeah. I mean, right. even if it's a squad, he can't let us come up and start claiming buildings. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? He has to send back, and it can't be one squad. Yeah. He needs to send two. Yeah. He may need to send three back. Yeah. I mean, you know, what if we get lucky, break the guy he sends back, you're going to chase him down, right? I mean, sure. Yeah. So we're looking at it that way as a way to infiltrate way behind the enemy. And, and even if you get lost, who cares? You're, you know, you're out there yeah, behind you're him. still behind there. Yeah. Yeah. Very very effective in, in red barricades for sure. The sewer yeah. movement for the Russians. They well, can, they can really be a pain. Yeah, and we haven't even that. jumped in yet. I was all set to go in a tunnel. We'll go to tunnels in a second. With two, I had moved guys into this hex five two sevens, mm-hmm. and across the street he had the four six eights. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, that's beautiful. Waiting to come across, and I had my leader neg one, mm-hmm. and I had my concealment, and I was going to go through the tunnel. Mm-hmm. I just moved all into this hex to go across, and he hit it with the 100-millimeter OBA uh, uh-huh. and rolled like a three. Yeah, busted up like two of the three squads and totally took away my chance to come across in this tunnel. Oh, I don't want him to know that either. He's going to yeah. know where the tunnel is. <laughs> we won't post this show for about like two weeks. Oh, we're not playing again for two weeks. All right, yeah. we'll post this show in 2015. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about getting lost, though. I don't quite get that because um, 
Well, you enter, and I, you enter and the I, sewers. Bob and I both, I'm sure, haven't done it much. Gotten lost. But you enter the sewers. Mm-hmm. Right. You enter mm-hmm. the sewers. Mm-hmm. You have an intention of going, obviously, the, the, the destination that you want to go. Three hexes away or six right. and then popping up. And so what happens? How do you get lost You do when you're doing your roll? You make the die roll. Right. And a color die roll. We Which just, you have to do every time you're moving. Leaderless, yeah. Yeah. Six or seven. So it's really a six. Okay. And then you're lost. And the and, and enemy the, moves you. Oh, and the enemy moves you. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. That's the trick. The enemy moves you. It's not random. Okay. So he can send you right back. Yeah. He can send you toward his good units. Okay. That you don't want to combat right. when you get lost. Okay. There's a risk. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. the bottom line. Is there's a small risk that you'll get lost. But for the most part, it's probably going to work out for you. Yeah, and think about it at night. You're gonna, you might get lost it, too at yeah. night. But if he, things. but if he moves you to a intersection where you're going to have to pop well, up, that see that you're in the middle of the street. Yeah, that's the trick. Open, could, open ground, yeah, and he could, can just rip you up. And that's but you I, don't come up until the advance phase. Oh, correct. Oh, okay. Okay. And then he can shoot at you in the prep phase. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Still. Oh, okay. Because yeah, you make you got to make that emergence roll mm-hmm. when you hit those intersections. Yeah. And I think that's kind of like being lost. If I want to go six hexes, three and then three, and not and then emerge later, well, I have to make this dumb roll yeah. when I get to a manhole. Yeah. Oh, am I going to go up? Am I going to stay down? Yeah. Am I going to? There's a risk. Have an, have an option to do but either. The great thing is that generally. The Russians use sewer movement, and the Russians have a lot of bodies. So if you lose a few guys, well, oh, okay. I mean, that's just yeah. kind of, the, you know, it's not a big deal. Yeah. and, and <laughs> As terrible as it sounds, again, that, that's yeah. the way ASL plays. The Neg, you know? the neg 3 ambush, mm-hmm. two for concealment, one for Russian and red mm-hmm. barricades, mm-hmm. not normally. And then you can call hand-to-hand. Yeah, and then you... So you jump right to the red numbers. Yep. With the neg for ambush, you ought to be able to get that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Shall we do tunnels briefly? Yeah. So tunnels exist also by a special scenario rule or do your own, right, mm-hmm. rules. And you actually forfeit a building location. Fortified building location. Yes, thank you. Which I uh, had totally forgotten. All right. First key point about tunnels, Dave, is if you get a fortified building location. Mm-hmm. In a scenario, you can exchange it for a tunnel. Yep, and I forget that. I, you know, that's that's a huge thing. A and, tunnel to where? From where to where? Ah, well, Dave will explain. Oh, what okay. a tunnel is. I have the echo. <laughs> um, unless the fortified's a specified hex, of course, by special rule, right. like building X three is fortified. You can't switch that out. Okay. Uh, Twenty three point nine. I wrote, but I see no references to that in the fortified section here. I think they referenced a rule that I couldn't figure out. But anyway, when reading that rule, sees 23.9, explain to me what they are talking about. And you record it prior to setup, and there's two entrances, of course, in and out, or vice versa. And they're three hexes apart, or less. That's the key, yeah, or less, yeah. But three hexes, so you can have... max. You can have an entrance, you know, three hexes away. Yeah. Very important. Yeah, they have to be in a building, brush, pillbox, woods, or entrenchment. Yeah. So you okay. can come out in a trench. Otherwise, it seems like they want you in cover, brush, yeah, woods, sure. building, or pillbox, which would you know, tunnel in and out of. And it cannot pass under the water level that's lower, yeah, that old water right. thing. Yeah, like you said, a lot of the rules seem 
oh my gosh, well, yeah, it's not going to so happen. Many. It's not going to happen. Don't yeah. worry about it. <laughs> and of course, you're immune to attack in a, in a tunnel. So no one else can apparently go into this tunnel like they could the sewer at, at this point. I mean, later you can mm-hmm. if you see it. But good order or dummy infantry can enter of the owning side only, unless that comes later, and you place it in the exit hex under the sewer counter when you enter and you go to the exit hex three away you have that sewer counter on just like the sewer we talked about costs all the movement factor just like the sewer and you must exit in the advanced phase again like the sewer concealed less than one ipc and no overstacking and if you leave an encircled hex how does that work if you come up in advanced phase and and you're encircled and you're encircled you know, you're pinned and CX when you advance out. But how could... Oh, when you go in. Yeah, because in this case, it's not costing all your move to go in. It's when you come... So you can go in and come across. And if you were encircled when you jumped into the thing, you exit pinned, which seems kind of weird to me. You're encircled when you went in. You're pinned when you come out? Yeah, which seems weird to me because it's three hexes away. But who knows? Okay. And then in the route phase, you may route, but you must exit the same in the same route phase through the tunnel. You can't hang around in there. Uh, there's no interdiction, of course, and you may move toward an adjacent enemy because you can't see them because they're above oh, yeah. ground, yeah. right? Okay. But you have to exit. Yeah. Okay. And then, pro- but it if, doesn't have to be uh, route terrain or d- well, yeah, I guess be. through the tunnel. It will be it, it will because be. you had to be in a yeah. pillbox Building or woods or, right. or well, brush. our jungle, and which will get oh to yeah, that. And Japanese jungle. tunnels. I use a lot of those. Yes. Yeah. Or what did you say? Or trench, right? Trench, trench which, which yeah. isn't route terrain, is it? No. Yes, it is. Absolutely. Oh, is a trench, trench route terrain? Is route. Okay, is it route okay. terrain? Yep. Absolutely, trenches route and rally terrain. Okay, I, I noticed right. in Red Barricades they added in rubble to be kind of. I forget which quality. Yeah, it's it has it's some of those qualities. Terrain. I think it's also rally terrain. Yeah, but well. you don't get the plus for like a building. There's some specifics to the routing thing. You can't emerge closer to a known armed enemy, I guess. Uh, and you don't become. Oh, and and provided you don't become adjacent to a known right. enemy okay. when you come out. And then um, I wrote eight point six three. Read the rule. It's how to destroy it. Well. If we don't want to dig it out now, people can read it at home, maybe. Probably throw a DC in, I think, you, right? Uh, so, stuff like that, but also you have to see them. I remember this part. You have to see them going in and out of the entrance in the hex. So you can't just go into the hex and right. go... And go, well, I think well, that's uh, yeah, tunnel. you have to see them use it. Yeah. And then you have reason to do that. But, okay. So tunnels, much like sewers, but a lot in the Pacific, right? Right. Because yeah. there is a special rule that every pillbox that the yeah. Japanese have in the Pacific automatically gets a tunnel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. I remember that. Now. Adding to yeah. your confusion when you're writing down all this secret yes. stuff on the board. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But they are, I mean, tunnels are very powerful <laughs> and important things to have. Yes. Because you got a guy in a pillbox, he's shooting. You shoot at him, you break him, he can route three hexes all the way back. You Come get up a guy behind. out of line of sight, and he comes right back into the pillbox. Yeah, and somebody else can run right yeah. back up that tunnel and go right back well, into that shoot. location. I don't think I did that when I was 
no. way back when I was playing Tarawa. Yeah, and probably not. Yeah, and um, now it it's pay. also really important. You can buy tunnels in like Red Barricades, which you guys are playing Valor of the Guards, but not a campaign, right? But yeah. in a campaign, you can buy tunnels. Yeah, and they're very useful because you can, in essence, you can have a block of buildings up front, and you know you're defending them and run a tunnel. All the way across under the street. To yeah, the next under building. the streets. And so, you know, if the Germans are attacking your building and they break your guys, you can route under that tunnel all the way back out of line of sight to the commissar. You got your reserve guys back. They can go in that tunnel right back into that position concealed. It's quick move, and and, and it's you can't no risk. you can't be interdicted when you're right. routing out of these things, right? Yeah. And you can't be shot at going into those things. Yeah. So if someone ends up. Coming because that's what I was looking at the red barricades board, thinking uh, just our third game session. Mm-hmm. Wow, if if they come around here, and I won't say here because I don't want them to know if they're listening to this show, if they come over here, they can kind of see my routing areas, and mm-hmm. oh my gosh! But with the tunnel, I can keep reinforcing that factory mm-hmm. across the street. Sure, you don't have to try and cross the street. Nope, no nags. Do... Don't have to do a dash. Don't have to throw smoke. And, and, and you, you said they, um, you have to see them using the tunnel in order for you to use to go it and or try to destroy it. it. Yeah, eight point six three. And so, what does that mean? So, if if they're across the street, so in you, a building, if you if they're across the street, you shoot and you break the guys, and they route under that tunnel. Then you see. Then you've seen it. Okay, I got so you. They've used yeah, that's it. pretty cool. It is. It's very powerful. Yeah. Tunnels I like. There's no getting lost, right? In no. a tunnel, it only goes But there's no air. emerging into into yes, you close can. combat. Yes, you can. Oh, sure? I thought you said no. No, no, no I, I misspoke oh, okay. or something. But there's no, okay. there's no die roll. You simply come up and, okay. and, and go oh, into combat. Right, that, right. Okay. There's no die roll. Here's 8.63. Any tunnel entrance may be destroyed by any good order infantry unit in the same location without a known enemy unit. At the end of the close combat phase, provided the entrance was used in the line of sight of that unit and subsequently discovered, oh, using the recovery procedures. Mm-hmm. That's when you have to roll yeah. not a right. six to pick up a weapon, find a weapon. Right. So you see them use it, you go in, you roll not a six. Right. Or with if modifiers. it's jungle, you know, it could be oh, five uh, or six. You know, four, five, or six. Four, five, yeah, or six. Just, yeah. And the presence of an. Entrance or exit cannot be revealed by searching. Yeah. So you can't yeah. go. I wanted to say that earlier. You can't go in and just find it. You can't search for it, but I wasn't sure about that. Yeah. It can be destroyed without a DC. Yeah. And that answers your earlier question. Right. There okay. we go. How do you destroy it without a DC? Hand grenades? I don't know. It's only a tunnel entrance. You just have a fat guy sit on it dirt. for the rest of the game. Throw a couple throw grenades. Throw some, some dirt in it. Throw some dirt in throw it. Throw a desk yeah. over it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easy to destroy once you find it. Very powerful. Tunnels and sewers. And so... We did it. Use them in all games, and particularly you're going to use them in Red Barricades. And we'll get back to that later. And so... And tunnels in specific uh, PTO fighting. You'll use them all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, PTO, yeah. Oh, all the time, all the Mm -hmm. time. And so, is that a show, gentlemen? You guys didn't want me to put in that recorded thing I did already. Yeah, we do this. By myself, it's kind of boring. We have a tough critical hit. We're done. And so, and so, I guess that's the end that of this show. Wraps we got up a couple of shorter ones, five or six great. or whatever yeah. this is. Yeah. Hey everyone, it's Dave. 
I'm going to just sneak in this um, review of the apps, special apps magazines that I did, even though the guys don't want me to because I'm editing this show. So here it is. Hope you enjoy it. Initially, MMP came out with a magazine called Operations, and it seems like this was to be the general of previous generations. The general was Avalon Hill's publication covering its games, all of its games, strategy and tactics games. And so Operations came out from MMP, and it was apparently covering a lot of their non-squad leader games. They did release some special issues, and the special issues apparently sold better than the non-special issues, MMP decided to go with a thing called Special Ops. So I'll read from their posting defining what a Special Ops is. It's the Wargaming Journal. And it says uh, that with the success of Operation Special Issues, coupled with a slight monetary loss, which happens with the release of every non-Special Issue Operations magazine, we have decided upon the following course of action. To release a magazine twice a year, which has content similar to the special issues, with variants, new, smaller games, etc. There are a lot of reasons they decided to do this, but we believe this puts us in an absolute best position to put out a house magazine on a regular schedule. The release dates center around the two conven largest conventions, MMP's own Winter Offensive and the World Board Gaming Championships, January and August. Content of the magazines in the neighborhood of 40 pages, with two small or one standard games or variants, a map sheet, a counter sheet, rules, and then supporting all their games through the magazine. Although, obviously, each magazine can't cover every game. That's their write-up on MMP's website. And so, I think their strategy of including some ASL stuff to increase the sales worked, because guess what I have in my hands? Special Ops Wargaming Journal issue number two. I went ahead and spent some cash on this one. Quick review of it. It contains from the International Game Series Ukraine 44, the Soviet strategy article, and then an article on the leaders of the East, Soviet leaders in Fury in the East, another non ASL game. Seems to have some nice historical information on these Soviet leaders. Bravery in the Sand. Uh, an overlooked gem, which looks like it's a promotion for one of their other games. International Game Series, obviously the title, Overlooked Gem. Trying to get some promotion and sales on that game, I would think. I have not read the articles. And then a little article by Chaz Argent, the Winter Offensive Bonus Pack 2012. And I really enjoyed it. Of course, again, it's ASL, and I like most all of that stuff. And it talks about the board coming out. In the bonus, Winter Offensive Bonus Pack 2012, how it came about, how we talked with um, Schelling and Daglish and Tom Morin and came up with scenarios and then the uh, board design. It includes the ASL Starter Kit sequence of play, which originally came out in the Starter Kit Expansion Pack number one. And then it has Scenario 03, A Frosty Morning by Pete Schelling, which happens on board 5A. And on the flip side of that page, a scenario by the late Ian Daglish, Ain't Running Away, scenario 04. So I guess the O series are all these operations series for the advanced squad leader full ASL 
series. And Ain't Running Away is a very, very short one. Frosty Morning looks like that's a medium-sized British-German scenario. And Tunisia, but it has boards 14, 59, and again 5A. And Ain't Running Away was American-German action in France, August 44. And then a game, Ukraine 44. Um, you know, I don't play a lot of these war games. Um, it looks fine. I, mean, I don't know. But it's not what this show's about. The show's about ASL. And so Starter Kit. You get Starter Kit Scenario 39 in this magazine. Now, the Starter Kit scenarios have been continued in the Operations Magazine right from the beginning, but just not the full ASL stuff. And so it has a scenario designed by Chaz Argent. And that's Use Your Tanks and Shove with German and Americans with some... Uh, Looks like some special groups you can purchase to give some variation to this scenario. An Island Retreat S40 in Italy, 1944, designed by Ken Dunn. German versus Americans, mostly infantry. A few vehicles, so if you're learning vehicles, that would be appropriate. And the other scenario, too, had, you know, use your tanks and shelves, just a few vehicles. Nothing overwhelming in either one of these. Uh, small... Size on the first one, Island Retreat looks bigger with 18 squads. It takes a while to move those around. And then it has Special Ops Magazine, Winter 2012, Soldiers of Orange, a Dutch SASL campaign, which is, of course, Solitaire ASL. So you Solitaire fans get something new here. Uh, I haven't played my Solitaire in a long time. In fact, I sold it off on eBay a while back. With so many face-to-face -face opponents, it didn't really make sense for me to try and spend time playing solitary ASL when I needed to be painting up some models or miniatures or setting up a game or planning for a podcast and so much other, so many other things to do. But it has initial missions. It has Strand 1, which is a home front mission in which you are in the Netherlands as part of the resistance movement. It has a Strand 2, which is a commando uh, strand of uh, solitaire scenarios. It's the East Indies, and you're a Marine commando and an all-Dutch unit of the British Royal Army's number 10 commando unit. And a third strand, which is the Western Front, you uh, go to Great Britain, and you'll be in the Dutch Army in Exile, regular infantry unit in British service. And you'll play with British forces and so on. And so strand four is SS Nederland. And this strand allows you to go to the Nazis and be part of the SS Legion where you will play Germans. Uh, looks like 1940 maybe. I, mean, I haven't read the whole article, but it looks really nice. It gives you something new for solitaire. That makes this magazine, I think, highly recommended if you're a solitaire player. If you're not, so far you have the two regular full scenarios. And then an article on the great campaigns in the American Civil War. And so again, if you're not playing that, it doesn't help you for ASL. And that finishes out the magazine. So if you are playing solitaire, I guess I would recommend is, uh, Special Ops issue number two, for sure. And it has this little game, if you're into other war games, Ukraine 44.
comes with a sheet of counters with that and a nice map. Then there's special ops number three. This one I like better because it has a World War One war game in it. The Victory Complete, the Battle of Tannenberg, 1914. And it has a lot more ASL stuff. So it has an initial article on the game included, the World War One game, and then some actual new Russian vehicle counters for advanced squad leader full ASL. Uh, a vehicle, the Russo-Balt armored car in 1914, the Russian Ministry of War ordered the creation of a reconnaissance and support company equipped with machine gun armed light armored vehicles. And these are the vehicles. And a vehicle called Manasman Mulag armored truck. Again, in late 1914, a number of Manasman Mulag trucks were armed and armored for employment against machine gun nests and armored vehicles. Various calibers of surplus naval weapons, including 37 millimeter and 47 millimeter guns, were installed in the cargo area. And in addition to two forward firing Maxim 1910 machine guns, so these vehicles are added in here for a special scenario coming up in a few pages. Then there's an international game series. Fire in the Sky, After Action and Report, several pages long, forward to Elst. This article by Ken Dunn is a thorough description of the upcoming historical uh, starter kit ASL historical module, Decision at Elst. And this one talks, it's a really good, very detailed article, uh, really well written by Ken talks about it's um, an action around Arnhem Bridge and Nijmagen and uh, taking place as part of Market Garden and shows a portion of the historical map. It's going to talk about coming out in this historical module. We'll have uh, new terrain types, new three terrain types, new to the starter kit players. The pond, the steeple, and like a church. And a new, new terrain that did not exist in any ASL, Polder. Polder is a reference to a boggy, water-filled, deep-ditch area that crisscrossed the area along roads and into fields. Much of the landmass that makes up the island between the Wall and the Rhine Rivers is land that has been reclaimed from, well, reclaimed from somewhere. Now I'm reading right out of the article by Ken. I'm not really sure, he says with the net result being soggy ground. And I love this little editor's note. Reclaimed from the sea, you idiot. <laughs> Ken, don't feel bad. That's the kind of thing I, I would have said too. Um, and, and so there's this new train type that runs through the map, really channeling the vehicles. Okay, And that, i got to admit, that's kind of got my interest. I was not planning on continuing to buy starter kit stuff anymore. But, yeah, yeah, probably won't. But um, if you're a starter player, you're going to probably want to grab that one. It all, the module also would then include uh, some new counters, introducing German SS troops. And the British are normal there. Uh, then they go to OBA, our new, for a starter kit. And so they've done some kind of treatment for OBA with the radio. And then I see a picture here in this article of like a steeple counter to lay on to a building, but it doesn't really say that 
in the this description by that picture it just talks about a forever steeple that's really high up and the rest of the board's really low and so OBA is going to have some effect there more so than in a crowded city of higher level buildings that block your line of sight and so on. And then he talks about the scenarios coming in. There's only four and that I don't like. <laughs> it was one of my problems with one of the comp group games I think. I was really disappointed to find four scenarios because if you're not planning on playing a campaign game it's not much of a lure to buy the product. So I highly recommend at least eight scenarios per game released, even if it's a historical module, or even more. And um, so you get this great, looks like it could be a great historical game for ASL Starter Kit. And you list a nice bibliography here too. There's an article on teaching ASL in this issue of Special Ops number three, summer 2012, and by Robert Wolke. And it's pretty basic. He runs through some lists, some scenarios you may want to use to introduce players to infantry and then vehicles and stuff we've kind of talked about on the show before. And I like his scenario choice. Those are ones I've used also for teaching the game. And then there's a chart, some nice charts here on page 16, German Half-Track Armament Summary Table. Kind of tells you what half-tracks have in terms of armament and portage points, and if it can be removed, the weapon, as or by a crew or passengers. And it's probably going to be really helpful, than rather than looking up all the notes on these vehicles in the middle of the game. It tells you if it's got the inherent 247 passenger, if it has to be fire, a weapon has to be fired by a crew, special things like plus three front crew exposed iron modifiers and so on, on American and German half-tracks. And so that little chart I thought, well, that's making it worth the purchase here. For a full ASL player, I just enjoyed reading about the starter kit stuff anyway. I have these new vehicles used in a scenario, and which scenario is that? We were wondering, well, it's called the Tsar's Infernal Machines. And this scenario is in Russia, 1914, as the Germans and the Russians battle it out in World War One. Nice. You know, I'm a big fan of the Russian Revolution. How about I can use these vehicles and scenarios, too, for that, if anyone else wants to make some more of those. I know Lefranc Tarour did a nice job of that in that packet we reviewed in a previous show. And so you have a 1914 battle with... Um, Conscript Germans and Russians whacking it out, and then these new kind of vehicles discussed earlier. And then scenario 06 is third time's charm. Oh, I'm sorry. Scenario 05, seven turns, 10 units for the Imperial Russians, and 18 for the Imperial Germans. And the Imperial Russians have the five vehicles in addition to the 10 squads. So that's probably a medium sized game, small to medium. So is 06, third time's the charm, Russia, and it's 1942. So no more chance to use those vehicles. I would love to have more scenarios for those. You give us these counters, give me some more scenarios to use them in. We get one. And um, anyway, this scenario is uh, medium-sized also. And it looks just fine. It's by Ken Dunn. 
And then the issue continues with the rules for the Battle of Tannenberg, a very famous World War I battle, standing in, as a classic kind of military strategy kind of thing. The starter kit scenarios here are S-52 by Tom Moran and Carl Neguera, Neguera, which is Poland, Danzig, 1939. Oh, do I get to use those vehicles again? No, that's not them in there. There's a police precinct platoon of Germans in the Danziger SS Himwehrabteilung. And uh, some Axis minor troops, oh, SS troops here for the Germans. The ex-Polish Army Reserve officers are their opponents. Seven squads of those with some machine guns and a couple DCs. Five and a half turns, one half board, board Z. Of course, it's starter kit. Extraordinary bravery. And... The other starter kit scenario, S-53, Workers Unite, July 1941 in Russia. It's got the NKVD militia and the Smolensk workers. Elements of the 129th Rifle Division enter as reinforcements. 18 squads total in that, and 18 Germans also, with 15 starting off, entering on turn one, and three more with a two DCs and a flamethrower, some Pioneer Battalions, 468s coming in. Half the Russians are conscripts, those starters in the NKVD militia, obviously, and Smolensk workers. So there's a similar scenario to that I played in the full ASL. don't remember which ones where it had the workers in the factories or somewhere. And then there's an article, Don't Go Off Half-Tracks, Getting the Most Out of Your Half-Tracks in ASL. And what I'll do is pull some notes on that. That's by John Slutwinski and Phil Palmer and maybe present some notes on that at a later time, or an earlier time if this airs, depending on when we get this segment aired on, on the show. And then there's ASL Etiquette, article by Dave Ramsey. A lot of things you never knew you should do, but probably did anyway, and it uh, doesn't hurt to read that through, especially if you're going to a tournament. Give some little guidelines on... The being polite, obviously, how to deal with the balance, choosing sides, um, hygiene, does that need to be mentioned during the game, food and drink, it's not. It's good to do it away from the table, obviously, playing speed, that's one, uh, don't complain about your dice, etc. And ending the game, you know, I don't know if he says this, I haven't read the article yet, but uh, help the guy put away the game. Okay, that's very, very important. And with a handshake, and there you go. Then we have MMP Ironman Tournament, One Man's Journey Through the MMP Ironman Tournament by Dan Cunningham. He's talking about playing through the variety of games for that, including a squad leader, advanced squad leader starter kit action, it looks like. It takes up several pages, ending this magazine off with Civil War Brigade series article. So I felt special ops number three is going to give you a lot more bang for your buck for the advanced squad leader player, uh, either starter kit or full, and would highly recommend that one to you. The counters, you get counters with this, you get starter kit counters also to play with the two starter kit scenarios. I think there's some well, you get two DCs, is that Allied Miner or Axis Miner, and then some squads, 
conscripts of the side also. And some SS counters, three four four sevens, three two three sevens, and two infantry guns for the Germans, which are for that's for the scenario uh, extraordinary bravery. And so you get you know like they said, making this magazine more enticing, getting some extra counters, some new vehicles, some better articles on ASL, makes it well worth the price. And I'd recommend. Special Ops Summer 2012 issue number three, a lot more than I would issue number two. All right, and the third item I have here is Operations, the Wargaming Journal Special Edition Summer 2010, Fury in the East. And one thing I noticed when I was perusing this is it comes with a Two games, it looks like, Starvation Island and Fury in the East, um, which is, I guess that's quite the deal. And as I'm looking at the Fury in the East counter sheet on the right-hand side, there's some really cool-looking planes and little Hitler command counters with little pictures of Hitler and when he's making his little fist and stuff. And, and I'm starting to think, wow, maybe they should have redone the... ASL counters when they reissued them because, you know, the graphics are really great on these little teeny counters on some of them. You get this picture in there. And so you guys are probably well aware of all the different counters. And the ones for uh, Starvation Island, although some of these look like they're for a Crusaders game, and there's really nice graphics, little pictures and things. So... Yeah, I'm thinking maybe they should have redone those ASL counters. Maybe they can do that for version 3. But then again, I look at the uh, old counters, or I look at the scenario cards, and I'm like, oh yeah, good old ASL. I get that little rosy good feeling. So you get two little game outs in this Operations magazine. But, again, I haven't played those. Probably you never will. Cool map for the one. And as I'm flipping through, pulling out the inserts here, uh, Hell's Corner, and I'm looking at the map going, boy, that looks just like ASL, you know, except the hexes are so teeny. <laughs> and then I realize, well, wait, this is a squad leader product, because I'm looking at this map, it's got the Matanikau River, and I remember some guy saying that there were a few scenarios published with a new map in one of these operations, and that must be why I ordered this one. And it was why <laughs> I ordered it. And it's got a very, very cool map in the hexes. I thought, well, I'm just used to playing on some people's enlarged maps. Not that I have any of those, but some people do. And Or the historical maps where the hexes are bigger. This just looks teeny. And I just checked it tonight before I started recording, and sure enough, these are a little smaller than the normal size hexes. So we'll see how that plays out. I don't remember anyone complaining about it. And so it comes with a bunch of scenarios. Operation Special Edition Summer 2010. It's number three, by the way. I have the other one with the singling game. I think we were, talked about that earlier in a show. We must have reviewed that product. And so the scenarios, there's five for Hell's Corner. And there are also two starter kit scenarios in here. And so... 
you find is there's great graphics in the magazine itself. Um, these operations magazines have really improved lately, and uh, it's amazing what you can do with all the different technology today for printing. But the uh, starter kit scenario, the Volga is reached, designed by Tom Morin. We know him. S35 is in here. Board Z. And then there's S36, which is satisfaction and confidence starter kit scenario. Ken Dunn made it and has some variable reinforcements, it looks like. And some neat special rules and things. And I believe... There's commissars. A Russian 80 and 6 plus 1 liters represent commissars with morale levels um, differently, and it explains what they do. So they said it's pretty close to the actual advanced full ASL rules. And so I think I, I must have read that in here. There's articles on the Devil's Cauldron, Laros, Africa 2, and so on. And A Tale of Two Scenarios by Ken Dunn. That's where he wrote about the two starter kit scenarios. So there's a nice, is that a two-page article on that? Again, nice graphic. They really do great things these days. And talking about some types of setups you might use for the scenarios. And then there's Dead's Man, Dead Man's Curve, Maneuvering Around Hell's Corner by Chaz Argent. In, in it, he talks about the PTO terrain. Uh, only the parts about the water. Ocean, runs through beaches, rivers, affluence, the one log bridge, and so on, to get you comfortable with using the different water rules. And another article on Hell's Corner, and this one talks about the special scenario rules for Hell's Corner, has a picture of the whole map, and then showing you where each of the five scenarios take place within that large map on it with the dates. I thought that was really neat, you know, just lay that all out there. An idea, oh, we might be playing these here different times and different locations. And there's HC1, Hell's Corner 1, First Matanikau by Bahadir Erimli, another one by Nadir El Farah, that's HC2, Bailey's Demise, and then in the middle of the thing, it got, it's got Fearing the East rules and Starvation Island rules. They have their rules always in the middle of the magazine, I guess. So you can pop out the staples and pull those rules out, maybe, and put them in a different location. Uh, HC3 scenario, ASL scenario, Samurai Sunset by Chaz Argent. And the last two, Wailing Good Time and The Sand Pit, both by Nadir El Farah. And it turns out that... Um, Charles Kibler did the map, and these were going to be originally included with the Guadalcanal Historical Study um, box set for ASL, but I guess cost, I think they said, kept it from being in there, so they wanted to put it somewhere. So yeah, it fits great in this operations magazine. I'm thinking there's just a shame there's only five of these. Maybe some of these have appeared somewhere else, not to my knowledge yet, but this was play-tested by Chaz Argent, Guy Cheney, Scott Blanton, Dave Childs, Perry Cock, Darren Emig Emigy, Wild Bill Hayward, 
Brett Hildebrand, Kevin Valerian, and Brian Yaus. So I'm assuming these are some pretty good play testers, and these might be some nice tight scenarios. And so I like the article. I love the graphics. You know, the map graphics are also, I think, a little step up. The sand is looking really good here with little textures and stuff. Uh, in a way, it stands out differently from the rest of the terrain because it's so textured. But I really like it. liking it a lot. And the rest of the magazine, you have a little sidebar on Chesty Puller biography, a little history report there in the, in the magazine. And then Archon and Warriors of God and New Counters. That's what those New Counters are for in the game, in the set. And a Warstorm series articles and that pretty well. Oh, None But Heroes for Civil War. And that finishes out the magazine. And so, special edition, summer 2010. Yeah, I decided I had to have it. Earlier I'd heard uh, guys talking, oh, there's these, you know, scenarios for for Guadalcanal, 1942, and I was like, really, in that magazine? I'm thinking, oh, I got too much stuff, you know, I'll never get to it all. And then was ordering, looking through, and said, yeah, going to grab it. Five scenarios, new little map, and I'm looking forward to diving into those scenarios also. So I would recommend Operation Special Edition Summer 2010. For players who have everything else and need a little supplement or would like a little supplement, because you're obviously going to get more ASL bang for your buck with a journal or, or a game than you would with a uh, operations magazine. But for a person like me that has the rest, I'm going to grab it. And so, hope you enjoyed the uh, reviews. <laughs> And thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Bob, very much for coming. We really yep. enjoyed it's having you. It's been a you. pleasure. I appreciate you guys having me. Excellent. It's been a lot of, lot of good times. Yeah, always fun. And so, uh, and we're looking forward to everybody uh, joining us again next time when we will gather again. I'm not sure what our topic would be, but doggone it, it's going to be exciting. And, you know, though, before we end, I, I just want to thank you, Dave, for not putting in that really dull insert that you had that well, you did on your own. it's a great insert I've record on my own but you know i'll save it for next time those it is special operation no it's bob special operations review you know boring 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 we'll do it we'll do it live together next time make the listeners wait make them wait sure like there's not a billion other things to cover next time bait them for the doll stuff what are we doing uh fest on budapest box cover art oh um we have not oh we did all this we did it you guys did not. We yeah, we did, did. when it came out. We did, yeah. We you did. did not do that. Yeah, I think we, did. We, I I think we you sure? you might sure have missed did. it. I'll check the records. Yeah. I'll have to check. Because... I do have the records. Okay. I know we did the historicals at least up till we did the Red Barricades. We did the Tarawa. Yeah. And then we started the journals run. Of course, Journal 4, as yeah. you know. Okay. Finish that. What about the winter offensive packs? We did those. Oh, yeah, we did those. Yes. <laughs> They're quick. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and bad. And not the photo ones that are used on the oh, that new was action the ones packs. I was thinking of. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You're not allowed to do photo like, action pack covers, yeah. right? Mm. So, but we'll do we'll do we'll make sure again when you're here, you Bob. Back, okay. Bob. Well, we no, I, I, you know, we need new box art. Maybe something with nudes. <laughs> yes, we yeah. could do that. Or cubist or uh, people not wearing pants. I don't see enough cubist art on the ASL products. And so, anyway, thanks for listening. 
We'll see you next time. And remember to roll low and rally well, but not when you're playing Bob. Yeah. Me? Us. <laughs> yes, because you want to win that tournament. <laughs> Bye-bye, everyone. everybody. See you next time. Bye-bye. Sewers. You know, I had a lot of sewer jokes, but I thought I'm not going down there. It's too obvious. Yeah. Wouldn't even be funny. People are making their own sewer jokes. I couldn't think of one. What? I kept thinking of Ed Norton down there. Hey, Ralphie boy. No, I couldn't hey, think of one. I was thinking, you doing down here? You know, you come out the sewer, do you go through the back door then? Or, yeah. You know, I mean, you... To roll a stink check? <laughs>